If you've tried to buy a house within the past two years, you know firsthand how tough it's been. Inventory is scant, prices are sky high, and if you do find a diamond in the chaos, chances are you'll have to duke it out with other buyers to actually secure a winning bid. But recently, the winds of change have begun to stir. Mortgage rates are up. A recent Redfin report found a higher percentage of sellers have actually dropped their listing prices. And in March, the Dallas Fed released a white paper that dared to re-traumatize anyone who weathered the 2007 to 2008 housing crash. The report floated that the market may be showing signs of a housing bubble. So how concerned should buyers be? Welcome to Deconstruct. I'm your host, Isabella Farr, and producer Susanna Cavanaugh has the story. For a long time, economists, real estate experts, they were adamant that despite high prices, the housing market was not in a bubble. For one, increased sales weren't being driven by predatory lending or the bad mortgages that led to the global financial crisis in 2007-2008. And the historically low mortgage rates we saw through most of the pandemic, so rates around 2%, could offset higher prices. Generally, when we look at bubbles, what uh, we look for are market fundamentals that may become disconnected from valuations. This is George Ratu, manager of economic research at Realtor.com. What does that mean? Prices for homes specifically that are running much harder, running much higher than people's ability to afford them. That happens when there's high demand and low inventory, as we've seen over the past few years, which can create a bubble. The fear with bubbles is they can burst. If demand for homes drops suddenly and supply increases at the same time, prices can plummet, bursting the bubble. If a home is suddenly worth less than the mortgage a borrower took out, that can drive some to default. So an action that can curb demand is rising rates. The March meeting. Okay, so here's how, here's how I'm thinking about the March meeting. In March, the Fed made the call to hike interest rates by 0.25%. And then a few weeks ago, they bumped rates by another half a percentage point, which was a pretty big deal. This is historic. We haven't seen the Fed do anything like this in almost exactly 22 years back when Bill Clinton was in the White House. So at this point, homebuyers who want to take out a 30-year mortgage are looking at rates of more than 5% as of mid-May. And that's compared to about 3% at the end of 2021. So we're looking at basically over 200 basis point increase in just a span of roughly four months. That's a tremendous increase. And in fact, it adds a lot of cost to financing a home just due to the interest rate. Mortgage payments over the last couple of weeks have for a medium priced home that is with a 20% down payment, mortgage payments have increased 50% from a year ago. So that tells you how powerful the impact of the interest rate has been on market demand. Industry players look at this move and think, "Uh uh-oh, higher rates, that means some people may step out of the market, which could cause prices to fall. What we're seeing is obviously buyers are responding to this sudden and dramatic shift in costs. Uh, Many many buyers, in fact, particularly first-time buyers, are getting priced out of the market. And that means homes are in some markets lingering longer on the market. And sellers, obviously, uh, in order to sell their home, have to resort to what would have been more traditional measures like lowering the price. Which is why Redfin reported at the beginning of the month that 15% of home sellers cut their asking price in April compared to just 9% the same time last year. That's the largest recorded increase in seven years of data. So if prices are falling, why isn't everyone whipped up into a bubble-induced panic? 
So today's real estate markets are, by and large, really conditioned by what you'd call a classic economic problem, meaning very tight supply meeting strong demand. So when you look at it from that standpoint, it's not surprising that we've seen such huge price pressures. On one hand, we have on the demand side a, a a wonderful demographic tailwind, and I'm thinking here of the millennial generation, largest in U.S. history, which has come of home buying age. We've had about four and a half million millennials turning 30 every year for the past four years, and at least for the next two or three. What, of course, is not enough of is, is product. They simply don't have enough homes, which is really what has driven this acceleration in prices. So if we know a bubble can burst when demand subsides and there's too much supply, the market right now actually has two buffers baked in to prevent that burst from happening. For one, there's no shortage of millennials looking for homes. And in fact, many have been pushed to the sidelines by higher prices and may want to enter the market if prices dip. And on the sale side, supply is scant and sellers are pretty hard to come by. My colleagues, Catherine Brenzel and Harrison Connery, covered this part of the market for this month's magazine in a piece called Where Have All the Home Sellers Gone? The word that I've heard used to describe the national inventory is actually collapsed, which sounds like a pretty dramatic word to use. But then you look at the numbers and you see that the situation is actually pretty dire. The National Association of Realtors recently had a report that showed that supply was at two months, which to give you an idea, a uh, balanced market is usually six months worth of supply. So that means that it'll take six months for existing listing homes for sale to, to be sold. According to one stat I saw, the U.S. is short a total of 5 million homes. And Redfin actually just put out a report recently that showed that homeless things hit a record low in March. It dropped 50% from where it was two years ago. So why are there so few listings? I don't think there's a single reason why we're seeing such low inventory. The low interest rates that we saw during the pandemic definitely contributed to it. Some people had more spending power. The change in work behavior, being able to work from home, allowed people to look in markets that they hadn't looked at before. So that definitely spiked demand, but it exacerbated a problem that already existed, which is that housing inventory was already not keeping up with demand. Actually, the number of new homes that have been built each year has been on the decline since the 1980s. So there was already a pretty tight supply. One thing that's actually also put pressure on inventory is we have a lot of institutional investors that have been buying up single-family homes and turning them into rentals. You've seen builders deciding to build single-family homes specifically as rentals rather than for-sale properties. In, in terms of the labor shortage issues, you know, that's been a problem for some time now. And I think for smaller builders, it's even more of a problem. Touching issues have, have driven up costs. And I think also because we've seen an increase in interest rates, the cost of borrowing has gone up for, for small builders as well. So speaking of rising rates, is there a sense that that will counteract sellers being unwilling to list their homes because it means they would have to buy something else and deal with a higher rate environment? Will that allow more supply to come on the market? Yeah, I think there's definitely a hope that raising the cost of borrowing money will help cool demand a bit, that you'll have 
distillers perhaps reduce their asking prices to offset the increase of mortgage rates. But you do have this kind of concern that sellers will also turn around and decide they don't want to sell their property because if they do, there's a danger that they won't be able to find a place to move to. And on top of that, they would be buying at a higher interest rate themselves. A lot of would-be sellers in the market right now have locked in a really low interest rate and a lot of people are not super eager to give that up. But data from Realtor.com shows so far rising mortgage rates have not deterred sellers. We have been seeing more homeowners uh, choosing to move forward with a lot of their pandemic-delayed plans and list their homes for sale. And to me, the interesting nuance here is last year we ran a survey in the spring and another one in the fall, in which we asked homeowners across the country, do you plan to sell your home in the next 12 months? We're trying to gauge people's attitudes towards selling. In the, the springtime, about 12% or so of homeowners said they were interested in selling. By fall, the percentage jumped to 26% who said they were going to list within the next 12 months. And I've been keeping an eye to see if that shows up. And we've been seeing both in the second half of February and more recently, tail end of April, a lot more new listings come to market. The combination of high mortgage rates plus new listings are already pushing the market towards a more uh, normal historical pattern. We're beginning to see a semblance of balance in selected markets across the country. So rather than demand plummeting and supply surging, we're seeing a gradual return to a market that's easier to navigate. I do see us returning back towards more normal seasonal trends. And towards that end, I I certainly see um, the price growth easing as we go through the rest of the year. As, again, a combination of mortgage rates plus more supply are bringing more balance. So some markets are still seeing prices rise. The Sun Belt, for example, where demand is still super high. I do see some of the the coastal markets, particularly those with strong employment centers, continuing to to thrive. So that's San Fran, New York, L.A. But markets that span the former Rust Belt, that strip of land that extends from upstate New York west to Illinois, prices have fallen year over year. And I, I think here of markets like Rochester, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Detroit, Buffalo, Baltimore, and Chicago. And for many of these, they come in conjunction with the increase in uh, new homes on the market, as well as, I would say, just a, a, um, a rebalancing of the migration patterns we've seen over the last two years. We saw a lot of folks move out of expensive coastal markets. I'm thinking San Francisco, Seattle, New York, Boston. And they sought they sought affordability and a better quality of life in a lot of the Midwestern markets. Naturally, that wave of, of in migration is receding somewhat. So these markets are reflecting some of these dynamics as well. Deconstruct as every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, or you can listen at therealdeal.com. For comments on this episode or on the series, feel free to reach me or Susanna at podcasts at therealdeal.com. Next week, we're looking at what hotels and where have rebounded from the effects of the pandemic. Tune in then.